What is happening, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fresh Hope for Better You podcast. As always, I'm your host, Albert Goulet, and I'm here to bring you some fresh hope for your day. For all you new listeners out there, the purpose of this podcast is to inspire and educate you on how you can become the best version of yourself through fitness, nutrition, mindset, and discipline. I've been on the self-development journey for over five years myself and went from being an overweight drug addict to someone who's in complete control of their destiny. I share my experiences and stories that have helped shape me into the man I am today in hopes of inspiring you to become a better version of yourself tomorrow. There's multiple formats of the show. Monday shows are the solo ones where I share personal stories and things I've learned along my self-development and entrepreneurial journey that I know will help you become a better version of yourself. Thursday's episodes are called Stories of Fresh Hope, and that is where I bring on a high-achieving guest that has overcome adversity in their lives to show you I'm not the only one that has done it, and maybe their stories might resonate with yours a little bit better than mine did. With that being said, I have an amazing guest today. Uh, She lights up the fire in my soul every time I get to see her smile, every time I've seen her. And I've only met this person one time in person, but she's the type of person that when you meet her, you're like, damn, that's a really good person right there. And her name is Paloma. So with that being said, welcome aboard, Paloma. Hi, Oliver. Thank you so much. I'm really so grateful to be here. Well, I'm grateful to have you. A little background. Paloma is a certified personal trainer, online coach, and nutrition and mindset coach. Uh, Paloma helps individuals find their inner strength and outer confidence. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to meet Paloma uh, down at First Forms headquarters when we both had won a trip out there. And uh, we went through a really tough workout together, and she was on my team. And there's no one else I would rather have on my team because it was just an awesome time. And I'm just truly grateful I was able to cross paths with her. Uh, so with that being said, Paloma, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? That's so special. That is the sweetest. That is literally the sweetest intro. I'm so grateful. You know, before I get into even talking about me, since you mentioned how we met, I do want to share something really special for your listeners about you, because I want to acknowledge it. Um, we went through this, like he said, gruesome CrossFit workout. It was my first one ever. I don't do CrossFit. I was high key, really nervous. I'm like, I won't quit, but I'm going <laughs> to. Um, but what was really cool about it was it was a, it was really a team effort it meant like you had a total allotment of reps to get through. And if you couldn't finish it, your a member on your team could take some for you. And I just remember like without hesitation, Oliver, you were so ready to give and, and, and take reps for people. Like I saw one of our girls, she was really struggling with the runs. Um, when we were struggling with the lunges, when we were struggling with, you were like, I got you, I got 10 for you. I got 15 for you. And it blew my mind. And I was just like, I know that we talk about, you know, winners want other people to win. And we talk about like, we do this for other people, but like, that was the example in the moment, the real life example of like, you mean it. And And so I was so grateful to be on your team and I was just in awe of you the whole time. So thank you. Yeah, it was awesome. Thank you very much for being on my team. It sucked, (laughs) but hey, it's better to suck when you're doing a bunch of great people than to do it by yourself. That's for sure. That's for sure. (laughs) Um, Wait, so what was the question I tell about myself? (laughs) Yeah, just tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, Okay, this is so funny. It's always a bit of a loaded question. So like you said, I'm a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer for, um, since 2010 and, um, 
I'm also a performing artist. So I started my career in New York. I, I, full disclosure, I never wanted to be a personal trainer. I think in middle school, a friend of mine was like, I think I want to be a personal trainer. And I was like, I literally, it's the last thing I would ever want to do. I don't know. I'm so gym stupid. I don't know what to do. Um, but I had moved to the city for performing and I was going to go to an acting conservatory. I went to two because I loved the arts and, um, singing, dancing, acting. And, but when you're in the city, I don't know if you've ever been in New York, you need a job. I mean, you need a job anywhere, but like, you really need a job. So <laughs> like, um, especially as you're like, just beginning your career, you need to be able to support yourself and, um, to the best you can. So I was, my first job ever was as a lifeguard. So I had my lifeguarding certification and, um, I was like, I'll become a lifeguard at a pool in a gym. And so I scavenged the gyms in the city that had pools. I got a job on my um, second day there and I actually became uh, a swim instructor. This is how I started working with people one-on-one -on -one. Um, because the thing about New York, it's like pools are a commodity. So if you go to a gym with a pool, it's either right next to where you work and that's what's available. But honestly, you only go there if you're injured or if you're training for, um, like a triathlon when it's tri season. So because of that, that became my population of people that I was started working with a lot of injured persons, a lot of, um, people who could only handle, uh, movement in the water. And I got really good. I mean, I'm, I'm naturally very good about the body. Like I can see imbalances, but like in the pool, you really can't, well, you can't hide it anywhere if you know what you're looking for. Um, and then I got, uh, my clients got stronger over the years and it was time to take them to the ground. That's when I got certified as a personal trainer simultaneously building my performing career. I did a lot of theater in New York. I'm really proud of the work I did there. It's not done, but um, I did take a break from it. I, I originated a lot of roles. I did off-Broadway, got a few callbacks for Broadway musicals, um, but a couple of life things, just, you know, you, you, you take the hits as they come. <laughs> You get better for them and, and because of them. And then you keep, you, you just keep growing. So I um, was in and out of the city for 12 years, uh, started to get into film work, took a break from acting and training in 2018, moved to Nashville with my mother, um, really just started building myself up a little bit differently. And that was really where my personal development, uh, I guess, growth started and um, became a nutrition coach. Um, really started studying the psychology of change because I needed it for myself. And I'm like, whatever, when you get better, the people you work with get better. And so that was always important to me. So um, went back to New York, COVID hit. Now I'm in Texas. Um, I still run my own business. I've been doing that since 2018, essentially, my own coaching business. I call it greatness coaching because um, fitness coaching wasn't enough. It's like, I don't just work on your body. I, we can do that and we'll do it very well. <laughs> but it's the it's the whole individual it's the mind the heart the body the soul the every aspect of you will work on and so that's me that's what I do that's awesome um so with you not being in like are you doing anything specifically with performing arts at the moment or like what's your plan for the future with that yes so um funny enough I pray about everything I do Okay. God, God, God's the big homie upstairs. He's like, <laughs> he's the director. I'm like, I'm, 
not making a move without you, sir. Um, <laughs> when I took a break in 2018, I was actually very scared to do that because I had just gotten um, my first role on a TV show. It was a, it was a, a guest spot, so it wasn't recurring. But like, you know, that's a lot of the times where people are like, no, I can't stop now. I can't quit now. Not that I was quitting. But even in my conversations with God, I was like, man, I am terrified of what that will mean. Like, it's almost like my identity, you know? And then if I don't have it, am I, am I no longer an artist? Like, and God very, he was, he's so, he's so cool, Oliver. <laughs> he was like, I didn't say forever. I just said right now. And I was like, okay. He's like, go do this thing. You'll regret it if you don't. And then also thank, thank the Lord for that. Because who would have thought that 2020 was coming? when that entire industry shut down um, in every aspect. Um, and so I was doing this thing and it was great. So, but in t last year, I think it was in 2021, I reconnected with a few of my artist friends who uh, we went to school with. And one was my teacher. He He's a big film uh, TV actor guy. And um, they asked me to be a part of their feature film. So I actually, I was like, there's some people who, you know this, even in your arena, where it's like some people, when you trust their their um, track record and their ethics, you'll just say yes. Like, I don't need to read the story. I don't, I know who you are. I know mm -hmm. the art you make and I know the caliber of which you, um, your standards. So I said yes. And I did my first uh, role for a feature film last year after like five years. And it was great. Um, did another short film this past summer where I actually played the violin. I, I talk about dreams. You think certain dreams are done. And God's like, I told you, you, I said, think bigger. I told you think bigger. <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> Yes, sir. Um, so I just did that. And we're actually, there's a great community um, of, we're small, but we kind of brought our arts from New York here. And so we're going to be doing some live theater in the coming in 2024. I plan to um, write a script that I've been, it's been on my heart for like a long time and it's going to be really powerful. So a lot of developmental stuff, but also in the midst of it, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome. I love to hear that. <clears throat> and you touched a little bit about like your relationship with the big man upstairs. Uh, something that's really come into my life and that has brought me a lot of fulfillment and reassurance is, you know, reinstilling the faith in my relationship with God. So I, you, ever since the day I met you, I knew that you, your best friend is God. Like that's, that's your, that's your homie right there. I, I could tell from the moment I met you. So I just want to ask, you know, why is faith so important to you? And why do you think having, you know, faith in a relationship with God is so important for everyone to have? Okay, that is the best compliment anyone's ever given me. <laughs> <laughs> I could just tell that God is your best friend. That is literally the sweetest thing you've ever said. That's hilarious. Um, you know, I think every person's relationship, their spiritual relationship with God is going to be different. Um, and it's funny because so I was, I was born and raised Catholic, my mom. Um, but it's very funny. Um, she was not originally Catholic. She chose Catholicism. She was like, she went through a whole bunch of faith. She went to, she was, we were almost Jewish, believe it or not. I think, yeah. She just said like the woman at the temple wasn't nice to me. And the woman at the church invited me in. So, <laughs> so it goes to show, you know, be good to <laughs> kind of people. Um, but there's something that she taught me called your faith walk. 
And that is your own personal walk with Jesus. That it's, and it's funny, it's not actually, I'm honest with her. I've never, I never learned that in church. I didn't learn that from uh, education in that realm, like religiously, I should say. I learned it because I watched her live it. I watched her have no help. I watched her, we would always just say, you're so strong. You're so strong. How are you doing this? She's a single mom, three girls. I'm the youngest and um, a major in the Air Force. And somehow, like, we had the best childhood. And I was, I just saw her suffer. I saw her have no help. And I was like, how do you do this? And kind of like when you learn, people can say everything, but when you see them do it, that's what you really pay attention to. So I was like, mom, I want to talk to God like how you do. I want to have that too. She's like, well, it takes time. You'll develop it. But the greatest thing is like, there is a, um, oh, that's (laughs) my dog. She's like, I'm an angel. God sent you. God gave me an angel (laughs) for the people who can't uh, see. She's just behind me. Her name's Mabel. Um, I just think that it's important because if you only live for yourself or if you only live for material things, you know, I'm going through a deep loss right now. And I was, I just shared a post where I was like, the day I found out, I still went to the gym. And a lot of people would say like, Oh, don't go just stop. Like you need to stop everything you're doing. You need to, you need to grieve. And I also feel like I do want to clarify that like the gym is not my therapy, like a facility an item, a tool, uh, anything man-made is actually not what gives me peace. It's not what gives me healing. Those are assets. Those are places. I, those are things I can do to care for my body. But like, I, I, I don't know who I'd be if I couldn't reach for the Lord and ask for help. Cause like there's some, there's certain healing things that you keep the only graces that he can give, you know, forgiveness is one. Um, And I think everybody can relate to that because like, that's probably the hardest thing you can do, but I'll tell you what, it's for you, not them. Mm -hmm. Um, And, or when you're trying to, when you're grieving, like, oh man, Lord, help me. Because like, I literally can't do this alone. Certain things break, can break your spirit. If you don't know how to, um, how to just overcome them, you know? And I think that that's him. So I think it's important in some way. I never push my faith to anybody. I'll never say you have to do it this way or my way is the only way, but um, find your way. Like you need it. Yeah. For you guys listening that that's your sign that, you know, you don't have to follow someone else's path and, you know, try to build the same relationship they have. You got to build your own. And that's something I've really, you know, dove deep into it's like I don't go to the church and stuff like my relationship with God is between me and him and within Jesus it's just every day I pray I talk to him I just listen because if you just sit and meditate and listen to you know your inner inner person that's the Lord speaking to you and that's something I didn't learn in church and for all the years I went to church like I grew up Catholic did all that stuff up until about a couple of years ago I was like in the church quite often and basically every week throughout my whole childhood I never really learned what, you know, how to talk to God. And then it finally like hit me a few months ago when I started meeting with this men's group uh, through my brody, Jesse, with our tap in group. And he's like, yeah, the Lord is inside of you. You just have to listen. And for the longest time, I thought that was just a voice that I had no idea. And I was neglecting him. That's why I went down so many wrong paths and which led my life to being at an absolute shit show at one point. And uh, yes, because I was neglecting him telling me he was flat out telling me and it came to the point where he slapped me in the face literally with throwing, you know, a lot of bad shit at me during my life to show me I was doing all the wrong things. So 
this year's sign to actually just try to find your relationship specifically with God. And I promise you, your life will be a lot better because as of the last few months, my life has improved substantially since I started to really develop my relationship with God. So and that is uh, what I really recommend. And I can't wait to keep get, getting into this conversation. So um, <clears throat> the next question I have for you is, you know, what lifts your spirit when life gets you down? God. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's simple. But, you know, it's so funny. I think like, I, I, so I'm very, I'm an emotional person. Okay. I love so deeply. I won't apologize for it. <laughs> but no <I> way. <laughs> <laughs> but I also used to think that my sensitivity was a weakness. And until a couple of years ago, I was like, no, that's my superpower. Because like when I'm down, I can just like, I look at my little dog, Mabel, like so pure, like she, I'm the best part of her day. There's no, um, it's just pure love. Like when I look at other people, when I look at what I'm like, I can look across from you right now. I can see like how you're, you're, you're so willing to listen to me. You've created this platform for people to elevate people's voices, to help others. Like that's precious. I just think about what people do against the odds. What I think about people do about, um, to overcome. And I'm just like, it, it doesn't even have to be a big thing. It can be like, you're a good mom. Like, I see how you're, you're so good to your children. I see you're a great father. You're a good man. You're trying to like, you, I just look the littlest thing. I cry over like, oh my gosh. When if somebody opens the door, I'm like, that's it. Okay, I'm sobbing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sobbing. <laughs> it's just like the littlest things. And I think that sometimes people only look for the big things. So for me, it's just like, it's not hard. And that's what lifts me up. That's awesome. I remember when we were eating breakfast, when we were down at headquarters, there's this random couple. I don't know. You didn't know them at all. And you just started praying for them. And then you ended up in tears. And it was just like the most wholesome thing I had seen. And that just really like, I don't know, that that right there just showed me how good of a person, how you have nothing but pure intentions for people. Like your intentions are so pure. You're such an understanding loving human being and anyone that gets to even associate with you is a lucky person Paloma so you need to know that thank you <clears throat> don't make me cry over <laughs> <laughs> so well Mike my, my thing is so with you getting into being a personal trainer and stuff like that and we met through first form how did you end up finding out about first form so I actually found about first form through Andy and the Real AF podcast um I found that podcast in 2019 and I started listening, listening. I was like, man, this man, he's, um, I was like, just so grateful, especially at that time. Like he's saying things that need to be said and like, so, um, profoundly. And so like, it was, it was just like, I trust him, you know, I trust him because he tells the truth and he does it without like, you know, hiding behind anything. And so on one of the episodes, cause he doesn't really talk about first form a lot on the podcast, but one time he did, I was like, first one, what is that? Um, and so I looked it up online and I was like, this is so incredible. I, you know, 10 years, maybe like 10 years at that point or nine years into the industry, I'm always trying to find like good quality products and a good quality company that you could, that I could use for myself, that I could recommend to clients. And I'm like, I trust him. I'll give this a shot, you know? And then I found out about the Legionnaire program and I was like, man, I want to be a part of that. 
I don't even really truly know what entails, but like, I'm excited to find out. And, um, you know, getting in and kind of just realizing everybody is, they mean it. You know, when they say they care, they mean it. And I'm like, man, I talk about prayed. I prayed like my whole life. I prayed like my whole career for that. And, and that's like another testament to like, oh, but people don't get what they want right away. Um, you're not in it long enough. Like mm. you got people, your people are looking for you too, but you got to keep being the level of person that when you find them, they're like, you too, man, I've been like, oh, I'm so glad, you know, and here we are. So that's how I found First Forms. It's, it was incredible. Randy. No, that's awesome. That's basically the same way. Like he doesn't ever really plug it. And like the one time he did, I was like, what is that? Yeah. And he just like speaks to you and like, some people don't like him because, you know, his, you know, his potty mouth and so be it. But he speaks the truth. And that's what a lot of people like if they could just get past, you know, he swears. Yeah. Who cares? Like, you know, people swear. But he is very direct and he doesn't miss on anything. He just tells you how it is. And like we need more people like that. And just the fact that we both found out about first form through the same thing, through his show. And then it just like with you touching on like people don't stay in it long enough and like even Andy expressed that people go, you know, a couple of years of doing something, whether that be a career passion or something, then they quit. And then they wonder why they never find their tribe. And luckily enough for us, we stuck with it long enough. We found our tribe. And then first one was like, yeah, you belong with us. You know, yeah. Like, yeah. I've met so many incredible people. That's why the listeners, they all know I continue to bring on first form uh, affiliates and stuff like that. It's just because the culture is so strong and, everyone at first form literally wants nothing but the best for you which is incredible because there's no other company out there that truly cares as much as first form so i mean i'm grateful for first form simply because of the relationships that it's helped me build and just how much they care because if it wasn't for first form i would have never met you paloma that's right i'm like oh so special (laughs) yeah no that's awesome so while we're on that topic uh, you are huge into using kettlebells and, uh, the only time I've actually really used kettlebells is for CrossFit style workouts. So I'm curious to hear a little bit more about the benefits and why you like using them so much. Okay. So kettlebells, it's so funny to me, um, because it's very, it's very new. I'm putting my, I'm doing quote fingers for the listeners <laughs> to so many people, but it was actually the first piece of equipment I ever touched when I um, really walked into a gym. I mean, like as a kid, my mom would take us on base with her and we do PT with her. So it's not like I was in unfamiliar with the weight room, but like as an adult, like lifting. Um, when I first moved to New York, I was really into dancing. I'm a modern dancer. I mean, I can do a lot of different styles, but I was really pursuing that. Um, and at the gym, the first gym that I worked at, there was a trainer there. His name was Anton. And he's like, he was Russian. He said, Palomachka, I'm going, I don't want you, <laughs> I, he, I, I want you to be safe with dancing. You, I can tell joints, you know, does your lower back hurt? <laughs> and so <laughs> he, in, it's hilarious. It's so funny because kettlebells are a Russian sport. They come from Russia. So my first introduction to kettlebells was this is a Russian guy who called me Palomachka. <laughs> like, it was hilarious. Um, but he showed me how to use the kettlebell very preliminary i'm talking like even just like starting off with movement movement mechanics the fact that he could look at me and ask like hey do you have does your does your lower back hurt i'm like how did you how do you know that how can you guess that just like by the way i'm standing and the way that he would teach me like oh this is how you properly deadlift this is how you swing the the bell was and that was in 2009 the first thing i ever really touched i fell in love i love with it because 
I love lifting and I, the barbell deadlift is my, that's my, okay. It's my boo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Let's just say that. Okay. Um, and I use all modalities, but the bell is so versatile in the sense that like, even it's shape. The shape of it, it has a, for people who don't know what kettlebells are, it's essentially a cast iron ball with a cast iron handle on top. So the shape itself is unique in that, like the way that you have to grip it, it's essentially, it's a skill. You have to learn a skill. So for me, I'm very, like, I love learning and I love mastering things. So I'm just like, okay, if I have, if I really want to use this well, like I have to, precision is necessary. Like quality is necessary. And like, for me, it just like in life that carryover was just like, okay, that's perfect. You know, it's not that you have to be, you know, um, a genius to use a bell. Anybody can learn it, but it, it drew me to that. I'm like, oh man, this is so cool. It's also engaging because, um, you can do strength exercises. You could do conditioning exercises. In the past couple of years, I've really learned kettlebell athletics, which I'm very excited. I'm working on a program, a group program to teach people, how to use it outside of CrossFit because I've seen it a lot in the CrossFit year in the, in the years in the CrossFit games. Like there's a lot of, um, I believe American swings, is that right? Mm. Or yeah. swings in general. Yeah. Uh, and predominantly that, or you'll use it for like carries or. Front uh, rack carries and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 So it's mainly in CrossFit used as like a, an implement. We'll call mm. it. So kettlebells specifically, there's like, um, it's an art to me is the best way that I could describe. And I kind of shoot it for like a few years because I'm like, man, I don't want to just be about kettlebells, but I'm like, it's part of my artistry. Like I can do all things. I could do all things through crossing strength. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see how many I can get in there before we, before, before the end of the okay. <laughs> Um, But um, they're just so versatile. They're convenient. In COVID, when everything shut down, you could you could have them in your home. It didn't mean that you had to stop being physical. It didn't mean that you couldn't learn a new way to train your body, to exercise, to move. Um, so in that sense, it's convenient. It's versatile. It's uh, much more affordable than if you're trying to make a home gym in your place, you know, or whatever. Um, but it's 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 just it's artistic, and special, and I love iron. <laughs> <laughs> no that's awesome yeah it's such a useful tool like there's so many different style workouts like if you have one kettlebell workout you can absolutely destroy yourself in a workout with just one kettlebell because i i've watched people do it i see it all the time on instagram I've seen your workouts and those workouts are very intense and it's just you know it is a cheap way to actually create your own home gym and be able to get a solid home workout because well i'm sure you get this too kind of like every other coach most people struggle with having enough time to work right, out right and if you have a kettlebell you can really get you know your bang for your buck in a short amount of time by doing a good program which i'll plug you in after you know if you guys want some good kettlebell workouts she's the girl to hit up for sure um we're going into the next topic i know we've talked a little bit about uh prior to this something drastic could happen to one of your friends uh so but i want to if you want to talk about that that we can but i want to ask like what life lesson what, what lesson has life recently taught you? You know, so um, I love this question <clears throat> because I think that like, if you ask a person at, like every different year of their life, you know, they'll give you a different answer. And so um, a friend of mine did just pass away very tragically a week ago today, actually. And 
I think the lesson is a reminder and one that I'm actually very, it's why I have, don't, I don't have certain regrets with her is like, do not wait to tell people what they mean to you. Do not wait to say, I love you. Don't feel ashamed. Don't, don't, don't wait for the right time to start something, to face your fears. And, and, and that might sound cliche, but like, you really don't know what is going to happen, what's in store. Anything can happen, anything positive, anything tragic. And um, especially with loss, it's like, man, I didn't know that the last time I saw her was the last time I was going to see her. And, but I also love like looking back and it was last Monday. I'm like, man, we had so much fun. I told her I loved her so much. And like, and that I can, I can sleep at night with that, you know? I sometimes still wake up crying, <laughs> but, um, I can also laugh too, because I know that she would want me to do that. She wouldn't, you know what I mean? So I think that the biggest lesson is a reminder, hopefully for everyone. Don't wait, tell people how you feel, um, and tell them that you love them. I love that. Yeah. Honestly, I've started to do that more often. My family and friends is just like telling them how much you mean, because you truthfully like never know. And I know this one, this episode is going to come out after Thanksgiving, but it's still going to come out around the holidays. Just make sure you tell your family and friends you love them. Spend the quality time with those people. Be present. Stay away from being on your phones. If you have little nieces and nephews like me, whenever I'm around them during the holidays, phones away. Uncle Oliver's here to play with you guys, hang out. Like you guys can be on your phones any other time, but it's time to be present when your family's around because you truthfully never know. It could be the last holiday you actually get to spend with them. Like a lot of times people don't spend the quality time being present and stuff like that. And then something drastic happens and you lose a family member and then you have all these regrets because the last time you were quote unquote spending time with them, you were glued to your phone or some sort of technology when you weren't actually spending the quality time that you should be like, that's one thing I think like the world has a huge problem or with right now is just not being present because all the technology and stuff that we have, especially with the kids coming up, I hate to see where the next generation is going, but you know, it all starts with the people like us just saying, like, you know, be present, tell people how much you care, because, you know, whenever I reach out to my family or my friends, I'm always telling them, like, how much they mean to me. I'm hoping that they have a great day, ask them how they're doing and actually like just caring because, you know, it shocks people because they don't get that. No one really even cares anymore. People's conversations are so transactional nowadays that it's just it's an odd thing when you actually like get in conversation with someone and ask them how they're doing, like. For example, like whenever I have a waitress or anything like that, I ask them what their name is. I always try hearing conversation with them because everything's so transactional and that just shocks them. That makes their day. doesn't matter if that's a barista, a coffee, or someone that works at the gas station, you know, your grocery store. Just, you know, take the time out of your day to have a conversation with these people and show them that you care and you see them as a human being, not just transactions. So that's my tip for you guys today after listening to this. Um, with that being said, I, that's one thing I would definitely want to change about this world is just allowing people to be more present, especially family during the holidays and just taking away the electronics. But what is one thing you would most like to see change about the world that we currently live in? Um, I would, and I think we're getting more towards this, but I would love to see more authenticity. I, I resisted social media for years because, and this was very, when I was more knee deep in the entertainment industry in New York, I would be, cause you know, now everybody has like, um, a check mark, but like when, you know, like the check marks on Instagram, uh, it was like for celebrities or whatever. So like I knew people with the check mark and I would see them in person, 
um, one way, the real way. And then I would see their social profile. And I'm like, you liar, liar. And I was just like, this facade that people are putting on because there's also a hole inside of them. And honestly, it's, it's a God-sized hole. And people try to fill it with validation from likes, from views, from how many followers you have. As if somehow somebody's, somebody means has more significance to their life, the higher the follower count they have. Um, or meaning about them or value of themselves. It's self-worth, essentially. And so I resisted it for so long because I'm like, that is just not the truth. It's just not the truth. You, you, you even, it's just like that something I really noticed specifically in the entertainment industry, but like now with social media, everybody can be their own entertainer. It's a danger for um, authenticity for people who are watching, especially like a young impressionable, like with what you're saying, the younger um, generation. So I would just love to see people like, and I really try to do this with myself, like in the things that I put out, because like, I know that it's so easy to assume that because like, I, I, and I'm naturally cheery and I really am. And I like love life. And I'm like, you know, everybody, I want everybody to live the dream. But I think that because of that, people are like, oh, she's happy all the time. Like people used to ask me, do you cry? And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have feelings. I <laughs> <laughs> I'm honest I cry every day and not actually not sad tears like I get so moved with gratitude that I like sob uncontrollably I mean I'm, it's like actually very funny I'd be crying and laughing in the same comment like right now um <laughs> but um I try my best to explain to people like there's this but there's also this like it's just like we are all things not just one, just be careful with what you see. It's never the whole story. So I would just love to see more authenticity without, um, you know, well, just honest authenticity, I should say. Yeah. And that's one thing, like, I noticed, like, people, like, I got, I started getting more engagement and all this stuff on social media when I actually started being, like, authentic and showing my failures, showing the shit I'm struggling with, because people can relate to that. Yeah. No one can relate to that fake entrepreneur that's standing in front of his Lamborghini trying to sell you a program. <laughs> yeah. And like, that's one thing, like Andy talked about that in our, uh, how does podcast and in art, one of the art calls is the fact that, you know, when he was going through like his process of being an entrepreneur and stuff like that, he didn't have, you know, social media where like we do, where we get on there and we see all these people our age driving Lamborghinis and just living the high life. But ultimately like, they're all just bullshit and to try to sell you stuff. And like, that's one thing he's feels really bad about like us as like upcoming entrepreneurs and just like, you know, people that run their own companies is like seeing people's false personas that they continue to give off on social media. They're not authentic. That's not who they really are. You know, most of the time those expensive cars are rented or those trips are on credit cards or whatnot. And like just the fact that we have to deal with that and see that on a daily basis, like you can't open social media without seeing some fake influencer trying to do sell you some stupid shit and like it sucks we have to see that but people like me and you that show the authentic side of who we are like shoot i got nothing to hide i tell my story how it is because i i want to be fulfilled myself i don't want to have to live a false persona and then like you seeing someone like yeah you're lying like i don't want to have to be called out on that shit i'd rather just be authentic and people either love me or hate me for who i am so i love that you touched on that Right, with that being said let's go into the last part of it which is what impact do you want to leave on the world Paloma 
Oh, Oliver, even when you ask, you have the sweetest smile. This is so beautiful. <laughs> um, you know, I, I spent a couple of years really trying to figure out, because I can do a lot of things. I can do a lot of things well. And I love so many things too. And I'm like, Lord, what do you want? What am I, what am I, what am I to do? And if I leave a legacy, what will it, what, what can it be? And I realized this, Oliver, it's very special. I will leave a legacy of love. And in all the ways that that looks like, um, that's, that's what I want. I absolutely love it. And well, hey, you're doing that already because you've already made a big impact in my life, which is why when uh, actually when I was like trying to look for guests and stuff, my girlfriend Brisbane's like, you should have Paloma on. And I was like, you are fucking right. I should. That is someone <laughs> I would love to have on. So I'm thankful that you actually, uh, you know, came to join us today. Uh, one thing I always ask, one thing I always ask my guests before we go is what book has made the biggest impact on your life? Okay, I love this question. I've listened to quite a few of your other episodes and it's really interesting always hearing what other people have to say. But hands down, I, I, I may be indecisive in a lot of other ways, but this I know. There's a book, it's called Resisting Happiness. And it is, I will get you a copy, Oliver. Don't even look for it. I will send you one. <laughs> okay. I, um, in 2016, it was actually a free book that, uh, our church was giving my mom's church was giving away and she always pulls a copy for all, me her and me and my sisters and so she sent one to me and it was a time of life I was like at the cusp of ending a relationship I was at the cusp of leaving New York I was at the cusp of like what's going on in my life and so when I read this book it was a catalyst for change and essentially what it is is it's about it's I mentioned that god size hole before right? Where God wants nothing more than for you and I to be happy. He wants nothing more than our happiness. But we as human beings, even if we're not doing this intentionally, because we can't see the future, because we don't know if this is the right decision I'm supposed to make, we resist it. And we resist it in a lot of ways. We resist it with drugs. We'll resist it with um, fear, I, I, I can't take the lead. I can't leave this career because it's safe for me. That one's too scary. What will people say about me? What will people think of me? So even though that's the, that's the journey over there towards the happiness, the fulfillment that you want, you stay over here, you resist it so much. And because resistance has many faces, it, uh, instant gratification can be a resistance, um, jealousy, uh, all of these things that halt us. And so it's kind of like when you pray, like, oh God, like, help me. What's the answer? What should I do? Sometimes he'll tell you, um, you do this. You don't have to. He's not going to tell you to do this. That's free will. But still we have the choice of whether or not to do this or not. And because also, and that's the one that is required, that re requires discomfort, like chasing discomfort. That's why a lot of people don't do it. Because it's much more comfortable to stay the same, better the devil you know, Right. So when it comes to like resisting happiness, how do we get that? That was like, ah, Lord, I don't want to resist it anymore. Like you tell me, I don't want even what I think I want because what I've wanted so far has been thinking so small, 
has been very painful for me, has been me thinking I had to lose in order for other people to win. Like, no, I don't want that. Like, give me everything you want for me because I know you want that pure happiness and I will go that way. So that book was honestly life-changing for me and I will send you a copy. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. This sounds awesome. I will make sure to have that one uh, linked in the, or in the show notes on Amazon for everyone to check out. Um, so where can everyone find you at, Paloma? Um, so you guys can find me on pretty much all socials. My hand, my name is Paloma Pilar, but my handle is Paloma Strength. Um, so P is in Paul, A-L-O-M is in Mary, A, Strength. Um, Instagram, TikTok, I'm kind of getting into YouTube. Uh, you can find me there. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you so much. And uh, I know that the audience is going to get a ton of value from this. Um, with that being said, guys, if you have any questions or anything you just need help with, feel free to reach out to me or Paloma. Uh, reach out to me at Oliver Goulet at thefreshhope.com uh, uh, via email or DM me on social media. Either one of those. I'm always active. I'm always responding. doesn't matter who you are. I'm always here to help. And the same goes with Paloma. She's a very loving, caring, outgoing, enthusiastic, amazing individual who is here to actually you know, leave her legacy of love. So thank you again for joining us today, Paloma. And I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Oliver. I appreciate you. Well, as always, guys, I always end it off with, always remember, there is a fresh hope for better you. I love you.